The world is old and the powers are weary. The god at the door of night has fallen and the great enemy of the world has come back from the timeless void. The shadow has awakened the great evils to regain dominion over Ardar. Darkness shall cover the land if not for the deeds of a small fellowship of elf friends. Join the players of this Dungeons and Dragons campaign as they fulfill the events of the Dagor Daggeron prophecy and strive with Morgoth on the plains of Valinor. Welcome to the Undying Lands in Part 3 of the Inglorian Bastards Trilogy, Trials of the Valar. So guys, we are beginning the third part of our campaign, the third and final part of our campaign. It's called the Trials of the Valar. Um, you, you guys have played, or most of you have played through the two other sections. The first one was in Middle-earth proper. That's uh, the Middle-earth that everyone's kind of familiar with. Um, and he wandered through the various, over the Misty Mountains and through through the all the various forests and, and famous cities and kingdoms and um and you you basically you had released a um you had done a ritual and released a shadow Maiar um named Gwarthaur um and he at the end of that campaign you opened a portal to Tol Arisea and the shadow escaped across the straight road using this portal and in doing so um one of your comrades was uh, stranded um over on Tol Arisea and imprisoned um uh, and came out uh, uh, not not too healthy, uh, having shared this portal with the shadow for sixty years. Um, and uh, you guys went after him, and you discovered that the shadow had basically um, on, on the way. Um, he had this 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 um, supernatural power to basically raise the dead, and the shadow um, for the first time sort of overcame the blessed realm, or at least Tolarasea, and things started just basically wake, waking from the dead. Um, and you weren't really sure what its end game was uh, until you discovered that um, that basically the end of days were happening. So you guys were basically fulfilling this prophecy of Mondos, and so was the shadow. And um, uh, and you you realized that um, the shadow had, in, in the end, you realized that the shadow had possessed this once really powerful, famous human named Turin Turambar, um, and um, and you end up having to do battle with him at the end of the campaign. Uh, in the process, you found the Silmaril, recovered the uh, the master Palantiri, and, and um, also picked up a few named elven items. Uh, one of them was a spear called Inayor, uh, and one was a dagger called Hathadol, uh, a really sharp dagger, um, who accidentally kills people, apparently. Uh, so, so yeah, so you guys, you def defeated Turin and his once foe Glaurong, um, and you imprisoned um, Gwarthaur in in this rapier um, that Okrin had. And so you you entered uh, the city of Tyrion after the battle. You guys are pretty tired. Um, I think Vic did his best to kind of try to heal you. Um, I'm not sure where we left it last. But you're basically fresh off the fight, and um, 
the uh, the caves of the forgotten had opened up. Um, and let me see if I can let me see if I can find what I read to you at the end of the last campaign. All right, let's see. Here we go. So this is what I this is what I read to you um, right after you got to Tyrion and and you met um, you saw um, an old friend uh, Irame um, who you kind of rescued off and on in the first campaign and then died at the end of the first campaign and Vic's character in the origin sessions um, went to the halls of Mandos on behalf of Vanya the Valar and requested her spirit be released and she's been sort of working things behind the scenes including getting the getting the spear in a yard for Riken um, and she's there and you find out that she's pretty high up on the totem pole she's actually sister to um, Finarfin the king of the Noldor um, uh, alright so here's what I read to you the breaking of the caves of the forgotten the earth moves beneath the trees and the towers of Tyrion. The sand and the waves part in the Calicaria. The monument and the stone atop the hill of Tuna break and give way to the rhythmic pounding. Clouds uh, immediately form beneath the peaks of the Pelore from the sea and unto the fields of Valmar. The sound of scraping metal on rock and earth gives way to the march of thousands of feet stomping in unison. And above all the clamor is the chanting of the multitude of dead. We storm this land for the king of men to claim the right of our firstborn ken. Vengeance now for the land they rend thralls no more for the lords we tend. And that's where we left off. So we have, uh, so I just, we need to do a few things here before we get started. We need to know um, what you guys are doing with the rapier, with the shadow in it. Um, who has the master palantiri? Um, we're going to do one more shadow point and trauma roll. Um, I'm going to describe what happened to Riken. Uh, and that's, that's about it. And then we'll get started. Is Okrin still with us? Uh, Okrin is going to ba do battle with you tonight. I'll, I'm going to control his character. Um, Riken is looking sickly. Um, the evil breath that was coming out of his mouth um, looks like it had taken its toll on him. Um, and the evil breath stopped emanating from him once the shadow was um, bound to the rapier. Um, but but he, it's still like uh, he's he's going to need the the sort of the medicine of the elves. Um, and Irame says that that he can stay within the walls and and they will tend to him. Oh, and you guys did see that scene. Um, I described it in chat over the last couple of weeks, um, where in the master palantir, you guys saw a scene of. Um, let's look back. Does anyone remember? Let's see here. This is where Josh said, "If you if you give the master palantir to the to more Loman, he, he'll come back and kick all your asses." <laughs> I think either uh, Okrin or maybe Ferdur should hold it. Who has the um, Who has the other one? Cylinder has the other one. I have a uh, the Silmaril. That's right. MJ has the Silmaril, which uh, okay. which your people would love to have back. Um, yes, they would, wouldn't they? <laughs> yep. Um, and so I guess we'll have to tend to that to figure out if you give them the Silmaril. Um, all right. So the the scene in the Master Palantir that you saw was um, you see a deformed creature of darkness holding the Master Palantir aloft. So again. Does it, does it look like more uh, it definitely looks like an avatari. Yes, I'm. I'm just gonna stop talking. We we got to figure out a few things, and I can't figure it out for you. So, who has the rapier? Do we give the rapier to the Noldor? Same thing with the Silmaril. Same thing with the Palantir. Uh, I'll give up the Silmaril. Do I get something cool in return, like later on? Do they give me something? The eternal gratitude of the King of the Noldor. <laughs> That's worth bullshit. <laughs> so I can I can conjure a couple of freaking cool fire elementals with this thing in my possession. I mean that 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 seems useful. 
what the hell are they going to do with it? Well, the, so the, the Silmarils belong to their people, and now you have their people have supposedly two of the Silmarils. Um, there's only a third one missing before possibly, you know, I mean, the light of their people would be restored. Yeah, but I get freaking a couple of fire elementals. And that's, <laughs> they'll get it back eventually. You can get it back at the end of the, the third uh, the third uh, part of the story. <laughs> you say that? Hey, hey, uh, can can I give you this back at the end of chapter chapter three, please? Hey, I found this freaking awesome thing. I know you love it, but hey, you know. Um, All right, fine. I'll give it back to him, but I better be freaking king or something at the end of this. <laughs> All right, so so Irime takes the the Silmaril, um, and uh, you think maybe she'll use it to sort of tend to Riken. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Can you imagine if Frodo kept the ring? <laughs> we had another quest coming, and he wanted the invisibility powers. I'll just I'll come back and I'll throw it in. Yeah, I, I, got, I got one more fucking errand to run. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> Oh man! All right, cool. So you did the right thing. You did the right thing, my friend. Um, all right, so so Riken and uh, and Bear and Irime sort of go off down the hall, um, and and some of the other Noldor elves are helping Riken as he he looks pretty weak. Um, so the so the six of you are basically standing there, um, and you know the, there's an army. So the a bunch of Noldor elves are sort of you know strapping on their battle armor and they're heading out to the uh, to the hill of tuna where you guys just battled uh glauron and turin um and you know you get in the sense that they could use some help um but again before we go uh we have to figure out uh the rapier and the palantiri where's the rapier right now i don't have a sword right now <laughs> <laughs> oh, if i had to give up the samurai man you're giving up that rapier no, I know. Well, you, nobody gets the cool shit you have to figure out whether you want the rapier with the shadow in it probably not that is true that is true that, that, that might be hard you know like what happens if something, something goes wrong what happens, hey you broke your lasso what the hell of it, what happens if we break this one so the rape the rapier actually like it looks like um it got all jagged and barbed uh when guathar was bound to it. it it sort of transformed before your eyes that doesn't seem weird just to ask you and what we could do with it. Yeah, yeah. Can we just give it to them and like, like here, here you go. Good luck. <laughs> I don't know what you want to do with it. So they, so the, so the king actually approaches you. Irme had walked off. Um, the king actually approaches you and says, um, "This, this, this item has great power, um, but you know, the choice to wield it comes with severe consequences. Um, so let me show this to you." Ooh. Let's see if that pops up for everybody. It's like a modified picture of a screw. Can you guys see the? Uh, or oh yeah, you can. You should be able to see all the all the powers. Oh, that's some freaky shit. It's the last one that you really be, need to be wary of. Yeah. Well, look at the thing. Yeah. Where'd you get that image from? <laughs> Every single time you attack with it. Yep. So that pretty much rules me out. <laughs> you found that image on a non D and D site. I mean, well, Tessero has advantage against corruption, but every single yeah. attack. Yeah, I'm immune to poison. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really a fighter, as, as it were, but uh, you I'm will be once we wildly. once we change you to a mu- moon druid. You're going to be a fighter, <laughs> a bear wielding this thing. 
I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not suggesting you take this because I think it could really fuck up the party. But um, I uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think we should use it. I mean, the only reason why I would consider using it is if I don't have any other weapon. But I can just borrow some elf's weapon or something. Yeah, they would. They would definitely lend you a long sword. Don't worry, I got mend. I can. I can bring your sword back together. <laughs> so do you, um, that's the other thing. Do you do you show the the shards to uh, to Finarfin? Yeah, I'd be like, hey, here's one, and uh, hey, fix this one. I said I collected. Well, I don't know. I, I collected the shards of the two swords, the two sister swords. Do you know like how we might be able to fix them? He said. Um, he says there's only two. There were only two people that can work that metal. Um, the the dark the dark elf ale who created the swords originally, who would not willingly give them back if he reforged them. Um, and he he says it doesn't look like there's enough uh, left of the swords for two swords. They could possibly salvage one sword. Um, uh, but the you know obviously there there is another great master smith who is in the halls of Mandos named. Um, Celebrimbor or Feanor, uh, both bo- both both of them are master smiths. Um, Ke- you know, they, he's sure that Feanor would be able to do it. Um, he's not sure if if Celebrimbor would be able to. Yes, your brother MJ. Okay. Yeah, but he's in the, he's elves don't actually die. No, I thought uh, I thought uh, what's his name killed him. Yeah, and then he showed up in the halls of Mando, sort of like in uh, uh, oh, right, in like Greek right, right. mythology. Yeah, yes, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. We definitely go see him. <laughs> well, um, it's I it's see him every every first Tuesday of the month. <laughs> it's been like uh, two thousand years, so. <laughs> he says it's not it's not as easy as just going to the halls. Um Irame had to be um released from the halls um to to come back um at at the request of a Valar and it was a very um it was not an easy thing to do. Um but if if the the prophecy is true, um and do you guys need a refresher on the prophecies? We could totally find a Smeagol to sneak us in. <laughs> He's gonna be a dude who knows the way in. Do you, do you guys need a, uh, a refresher on the on what you know about the prophecy so far? Yes, it, it could be yes. me. All right. Um, so you you have been. I think. I think. Did they read part three to you yet? Uh, let's see. No, they have not. Okay. So you all, you only know two parts of the prophecy right now. Here here's the first part. Uh, and Gilfanon shared this with you. Um, Thus spoke Mandos in prophecy, when the Valar sat in judgment in Valinor, and the rumor of his word was whispered among all the elves of the West. When the world is old and the powers have grown weary, Morgoth, the black foe of the world, seeing that the guard sleepeth, shall come back through the door of night, out of the timeless void, and all shall be darkness. And this, uh, for the sun, he will turn to black, and the moon will no longer shed his light. And that's exactly what's what's happened. Um, you you remember that Ancalagon, in addition to knocking the guard at the door, which was Arendil with his Silmaril, um, he also knocked the sun and the moon out of the sky. Um, but the host of Valinor shall descend upon him as a searing flame, white and terrible. Then shall the last battle be gathered on the fields of Valinor. That was part one that Gilfanon shared with you. And I think, oh, right. yeah. I think uh, Idriel might have shared part two with you at the Tower of Pearl. And it goes, On that day, Tolkis shall strive with Morgoth, and on his right hand shall be Aonwe, and on his left Turin Turambar, son of Hurin, returning from the doom of men at the end of the world, and the black sword of Turin shall deal unto Morgoth his death and final end, and so shall the children of Hurin and all fallen men be avenged. Now, there's a there's a problem with that prophecy. What is the problem? 
Oh, the, the sword, the sword's broken. He came back to life and then he died again. Oh, and then also the sword's broken. Yeah. Right. So he reforged the sword, obviously. So I, I guess you know your your hope is that someday you could reforge the sword, like you said. Um, and then there's the other piece of this where. Do you remember the last words that Turin said to you, um, uh, Marco, and your character? Something about him, like, giving his, giving something to me about his personality. I don't really remember. <laughs> okay. Uh, Actually, I don't remember either. So let me read that to you, too. Um, Turin's death. Okay. The last breath of Turin, son of Hurin, can be heard by all. It speaks of gratitude and of relief. The physical body of the man turns to ash, but the essence of his people... Uh, oh, hold on. What, so he actually says this to you before this happens. Uh, o son of Numenor, grant me the rest which I desire, and my spirit will bless you all the days of your life. Oh, shit. Do you remember that now? Yeah. And then I said, the last breath of Turin, son of Hurin, can be heard by all. It speaks of gratitude and of relief. The physical body of the man turns to ash, but the essence of his people and of the greatness of his family ignites the air of like Ea itself. The life that was once inside the twice-born Lord of Dorloman finds its way into Feridir Thangale, son of Caliphar. Okay, so now, so so that basically means that the prophecy kind of transfers to me. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, so you, you, you as, as you guys are talking about this, um, you know, Finarfin is like, um, we need to, we need to get out in battle these Numenorians that are coming out of the ground. But if, if you survive this, um, and you want to find out the rest of the prophecy, um, Ingwe, the high king of the elves and also king of the Vanyar elves, um, who, who has been dwelling recently in Elmarin, the house of the Valar of Manwe, the, the king of the, the Valar. Um, he he would be able to give you the rest of the prophecy, um, but but that's 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 for the end of the evening. <laughs> Sweet. If we survive. If you survive, yeah. Um, so so great. So Silmaril's uh, wrapped up. Um, Faradir has a sword now. Um, we, what kind of sword do I have? Uh, long long sword. Not a very good one. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll say uh, we'll say plus two. Okay, so um, and uh, I can still use the, the stats that I yeah. Uh, let me uh, I'll fix it. Okay. To match that. So uh, Palantiri and um, and you gave the rapier to Finarfin, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Are they gonna like like guard it? Okay. <laughs> so, like no one else does anything around here don't worry guys we got it. <laughs> uh i mean you, you probably don't want it with you so <laughs> and after whatever they do with it, it's better than what we got you know the hand, uh, with it. there's we a little silmaril too yeah we gave them a yeah okay so the palant did not lose their stuff though so they're not asking for the palantiri the palantiri were housed by the talaran elves um in the city of avalone where the big tower was you remember um, but they're, they're not asking for that back. Um, so it seems that you're free to, to have it in your company. Um, it's just a matter of, um, John, you, you, when you see the vision of the, of an avatari holding the Palantir, you definitely, um, feel like it's speaking to you. Um, but, but it doesn't mean, you know, I could, I can see why, where the company wouldn't feel comfortable necessarily with you having it. Yeah, I would, uh, kind of follow the, kind of we're trying to figure out if it's a good thing that we see them there or a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, you guys can discuss if you want. So, somebody uh, remind me, why would it be bad for him to have it? Because he's, I don't know. I don't actually know why. Well, I do know why, but 
it's not the most compelling argument. I mean, I think we could try putting it in his hand and see what happens. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, like a little test run. I'll touch it with my pinky finger. Yeah. <laughs> Lightly. Just hold it like the way we saw it in the vision. See what happens. Let's do that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm interested to, to hear your, t- before I tell you, um, the take, um, it seems like you guys aren't really sure why um, maybe John's character is not uh, regarded in such Remember when Idril at the house, the Tower of Pearl was like, "Why are you traveling with an Avatari?" Yes. Um, do you, you know why? Sort of the prejudice is there, and uh, no. okay, maybe someone could explain that. He looks funny. I'll give him that. But like beyond that, um, the Avatari came out of the out of the void and out of the shadow. And here, what's the um, what's the spider woman? Ungoliant. Ungoliant was an Avatari, and Ungoliant was the was the spider that Melkor or Mor- Morgoth used to destroy the trees your trees son of a bitch so due to unfolding actions that's what that's what my understanding why uh, there's no and these yeah and these primordial creatures come uh, they dwell in a very shadowy region in Amman here where the gods live to the south you guys were really close to it actually um because the the Pelori mountains are so big um they they also cast great shadows in in their um in their passes and there was a shadowy region called Avathar where Ungoliant came from and and basically they've nicknamed any primordial who dwells in the shadows there Avathar Avatari. John's character is an Avatari. All right, so this has all just been like one massive trick where this dude has been with us the entire time just so he could get here and get this, you know, or, or like he's a, he's cool. No, so I, I am just in it for my own personal, like, selfish reason. I don't want the, the land to change. And uh, I've, I've heard that you're you kind of align with what I like, but I, I really don't care about Ungolian or the rest of the Avatari or anything else like that. I'm just... All right, sounds good to me. Well, John, we, John, we talked to... Yeah, so you you do actually kind of care about Ungoliant. Um, you 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 feel like you're kind of pissed at Ungoliant because she's made life for you more difficult, right? Um, but other than that, you definitely you, know, you you really don't care about anyone but yourself. But but you you know you have this animosity towards Ungoliant because she destroyed the most uh, powerful things in the in the land, and now people hate your kind, right? Have a very bad name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so so you guys give John the the Master Palantiri. Well, not permanently. We just want to see what happens when he holds it. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. Let's do a test run. <laughs> All right. List on, on it. So, John, you you get a, a vision, a, a very clear vision, uh, kind of a frightening vision. Um, right, so this is not good. Of um, webs of darkness, um, like you haven't seen in uh, probably tens of thousands of years, um, and uh, uh, webs that 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 seem to just eat and absorb the light, any light that would creep in, and you recognize the terrain. Um, it's the the terrain of Avatar, um, and you see you see a large body moving amongst these these webs. I, I share that with the group and say, I think we're going to be facing Ungoliant. Yo. So, for those of you who don't know, uh, Ungoliant was never really seen from after she she helped Morgoth. That the the rumor was that her hunger uh, became so great that she consumed herself, um, and as she traveled through the land, she like gave birth to a bunch of awful creatures. The the spiders in Mirkwood all come from Ungoliant. Um, Shelob was the, okay. the the offspring of Ungoliant. Um, so um, yeah, so uh, no one's really sure what happened to her, but John. 
John just saw her back in her homeland, the the land that you just left, John. Could she see him? I don't know. But but remember, the Palantiri were, um, you know, all of the Palantiri had some sort of vision capability. Uh, so there was, a, there was a scene in the Silmarillion where after Ungoliant devoured the light of the trees and destroyed them, that she swelled to an enormous size such that Morgoth was afraid. That's that's actually what it says. Yeah. I get that same roll back now. <laughs> All right. So we, we got the we got the items out of the way. Uh, there's an army coming for you guys. Are you ready? Oh, what the hell? Why did I give the same roll away now? Are they gonna like use it? Are they gonna come to, come to our rescue? They're gonna pr- protect it, man. In case you guys die. <laughs> Though this marks the end of the episode, the road goes ever on. Until next time, join us at longwinded.one and consider giving us a review on Apple Music, Spotify, or really whichever platform you choose.